Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. John chapter 16, verse 33. Uh, do you guys think we can do this in 25 minutes or less? Do, do you have faith for it? I don't know if I do. Uh, but uh, we're, we're in a series right now that we've entitled Life Doesn't Have to Be Scary. Life Doesn't Have to Be Scary. And uh, we, we had no idea as a teaching team uh, beginning of, uh, really it was months ago that we, we, we began planning this, but we had no idea starting this series the first week of October that six days later uh, that everything that's happening in our world would begin to unfold. Uh, we had no idea how actually relevant this series would be in our culture and in the days we're living in, uh, but I really believe that the Holy Spirit led us and prophetically God's speaking something to us as a church and to us as a people. Uh, we're in this series, Life Doesn't Have to Be Scary, and really the heart behind it is that uh, life actually is incredibly scary, and time uh, does not permit us to talk about all the reasons and all the things that make that a reality, that know the world and life, it's incredibly scary. And there can be opportunities at every turn for fear and anxiety and worry and what ifs. And uh, we, we're not denying that reality, but rather the, the heart behind this series is to acknowledge that while life is scary, it does not have to be scary because everything that Jesus has done. I ask you to turn with me to John 16, 33, and the words of Jesus, Jesus says this, these things I've spoken to you that in me, you may have peace. Not in uh, good headlines, not in what news and media is telling us, not in whatever your circumstance or situation is, not in what is or isn't happening in the globe, but in me, you may have peace. Jesus says, I offer a peace that is beyond understanding. I offer a peace that is beyond your intellectual ability to understand and put the pieces together and to know why you have peace. I offer a peace that guards your heart and your mind that is supernatural. So I'm saying these things to you that in me, you may have peace for in this world, you will. Jesus makes us a very unencouraging guarantee, doesn't he? In this life, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. We talked about in week number one, this phrase, be of good cheer. It means to, to, to live with, with a lightheartedness. Uh, that doesn't mean that we're being casual about life, but to live with a lightness about us, that we're not carrying burdens. We're not carrying weight. There is a, an ease to our stride, if you will. Jesus says, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. We we talked about this in week one, but we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. And the very first week of this series, we talked about the reality that the world doesn't have to be scary. Again, we had no idea that six days later, things would begin to happen and transpire in the globe that would, in fact, cause many people to think the world is a scary place. Well, no, the world doesn't have to be scary be, be, because of what Jesus has done and the fact that we are now in Christ. The Bible says, in me, you have peace. Be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. And we now, because of his finished work, we're in Christ. And so we have promises of protection and provision that are supernatural in nature. So although life is scary, it does not have to be scary with 
God. Pastor Gil talked in the second week about how money doesn't have to be scary. You know, we, there, there's much that could be said and, and maybe should be said about just what's happening in our world and maybe even in our economy right now. And Pastor Gil talked about the reality that, no, God actually has a plan for our money. That God, he has a lot to say about our finances, and he has a way to think about and steward the money that God's given us, that he's trusted us with. And not only does God have a lot to say about money, but there are promises of provision and the sustaining power of God. And so money doesn't have to be scary. And this week, Pastor Jenny mentioned it early in the service, but we had slotted to talk about relationships, how relationships don't have to be scary. And I'll tell you this, on Thursday, I woke up and I felt incredibly insecure about this particular sermon. Uh, have you ever like wished that something would just get canceled before? Like, can, can you think back to, I don't know if you grew up in this area. Uh, I spent two years of high school in this area and I can, I can think back to learning that, oh my gosh, like if it gets below a certain temperature and if there's a snowflake, the whole world shuts down in Fort Mill. And I, and I can remember, you know, oh, s- snow is on the radar and hoping school gets canceled. I kind of had that feeling like, man, I really hope that, you know, like sometime in the next couple of days, Pastor Gil is going to go, hey, son, you know what? I got this one. Uh, it's, it's time for you to sit down for a second. And I'm going to, because Wednesday night, Pastor Gil, if you weren't here, I'd encourage you to get the podcast. But he did such a phenomenal job teaching and talking about and explaining uh, things that are happening in our world and the ramifications of that and uh, even possible connections and how it affects, you know, what the Bible says about end times. And and I woke up Thursday morning going, really? I'm going to get up there and talk about relationships? Like that note that Pastor Jenny just hit that only Mariah Carey can, that, like that's kind of how I felt internally. Like, hey guys, let's talk about being friends. Like that's, it just, it feels so inappropriate and it feels so like not in step with everything happening. And again, there's a part of me that's going, ah, oh, I sure hope the pastor goes, you know what? I got some things to you need to. And uh, I, I hadn't prayed about it yet. I'll be honest with you. I, I would have eventually gotten there. Uh, but I was just feeling and thinking on Thursday. Just, I don't really know if this, this is going to be a good sermon. And, and I want to walk you down just a, a, a trail of thinking that kind of out of nowhere, I'm mowing the grass. That's what I was doing. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just begins speaking to me. And I want to walk you down this trail of thinking because I want for you to see this morning why relationships and what we're going to talk about, why it actually is so significant. Uh, None of these scriptures are in the Bible app notes if you're following those, but you can certainly jot them down. Uh, The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter five. We'll start there. The Bible says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Paul will say it again. Therefore, do not, someone say do not. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The first thing the Holy Spirit just all of a sudden began to speak to me about is the reality that in these last days, wherever we are in them, that Paul's instruction is don't be casual. Don't don't live with 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 your your head in the sand, so to speak. But you need to begin to understand what the will of the Lord is, and not walk as unwise, but walk with with or as those who are wise. Again, wisdom is not the intellectual uh, like you know ability that we have to understand geometry and all. He's talking about the wisdom of the Lord. Live with wisdom 
that, that you're, you're a person of the word of God and the spirit of God, and you can discern the times and you know what God is, understand what the will of the Lord is and live as someone with wisdom. And almost immediately, my, my, my heart, heart went to this scripture, Proverbs 13, 20. It says this, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. You know, as, as we seek to grow in wisdom, it is not just uh, more reading and study and writing that we need, although that there is a part of that. As we seek to grow in wisdom, it is not just more life experience that we need. That could be a part of it, but how many of you know there's a lot of people with a lot of life experience and not a whole lot of wisdom? So, so wisdom is not just about our study. It's not just about life experience, but the Bible says part of being men and women of wisdom is who we walk with. Part of being men and women who, who, can, who can walk in wisdom and understand the will of the Lord is walking with the right people. He who walks with wise men will be wise. But the companion of fools, the, the, the one who, who has their relationship set in a circle or a group where it's not talking about, about people that aren't smart, but people that they're walking in the wisdom of their flesh. They're walking in the wisdom of, of what they think. And, and Paul writes, I can't think of the scripture, but he talks about not being um, uh, deceived or not being cheated by the earthly sensual wisdom of the world that is so far less or below the wisdom of God. And the Bible goes, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. And then all of a sudden I thought about Hebrews 10, 24, which says this, oh yeah, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and listen to this last line, and so much more as life gets scary, and so much more as life gets unnerving. And so much more as you see the day approaching. I thought about Proverbs 12, 26, which says this, the righteous man, he should choose his friends carefully. If you're anything like me for most of my life, I did not choose my friends, but my friends chose me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, we go to the same school. We're in the same class. We both love the same basketball team. Like, oh my gosh, are we best friends? God brought us together. And, and, and just because of proximity, proximity, relationships often just happen to us. And if we're not careful, we can wake up one day and all the relationships we are in, they're relationships that they just happen to us. They chose us because of convenience, proximity, just being comfortable, similar interests that maybe don't have the weightiness that we think they do. The Bible says the righteous man, the wise man, part of his maturing is moving from a place where relationships choose him to a place where he chooses relationships, where he understands the, the weight of relationship, the weight of proximity, the weight of the issue. And so he chooses his friends, his companions carefully, knowing the way of the wicked will, will lead them astray. You know what I think is so interesting is that we all think we are stronger than we actually are, myself included. We, we, we all in our flesh, we think we're stronger than we are. And so we think that relationship doesn't impact us that much. 
We, we, we think that friends don't impact us. Well, that's not a, I mean, we don't believe the same thing. We don't think the same thing, but it's not a big deal. You know, we both love golf. And, and if we're not careful, we forget that, no, we're not as strong as we think we are. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good character. Evil, it corrupts the character. And all of a sudden, we're not walking in the wisdom of the Lord. We're not understanding what the will of the Lord is. We're not walking in wisdom. Why? Because, because the relationships we've chosen are not the right ones. Last scripture I'll give you, Amos 3.3 says this, can two walk together unless they are agreed? Can two walk together unless they are agreed? The, the, the answer is no. And, and so I tell you all of that because in what felt like a moment, mowing my grass on a Thursday afternoon, all of a sudden I went from this place of insecurity to a place of going, no, 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 no. this matters. This, no, no, Lord, thank you for, for correcting me and, and, and showing me, no, this actually is a subject that maybe even more so than ever before, it matters as we see the day approaching Scripture implores us as life becomes scary, as the world becomes scary, even more so, you better choose and you better move towards the right relationships at the right time because we need them. And this really isn't the sermon that's in my notes or that uh, I even necessarily pre preached first service, but, but I just felt just, just something on uh, what Brittany was uh, sharing. And I don't even know how you said it exactly, uh, but, but during worship, she just said, you know, we have a responsibility to, to one another. And, and I just want to in, encourage us, exhort us, whatever I can do to strongly just get this in our heart, that we really do need each other. That, that church is not just like this social arrangement. This is God's idea. Bible's in Acts 2.47 that the Lord, as people were being saved, he was adding them to the church. So what, what is God's plan that, that God brings about salvation, but then he adds, he plants, he places you in a local church community that, yes, you have a part to play and there's something that you can contribute, but, but, but to the same degree that you need. You need the life of the body. You need these relationships. And so a little bit different than first service, I want to encourage us today in the little bit of time we have left just around this idea that we really do need each other. And, and that one of the things that is so important in these last days is that we give the right relationships the right priority. That, that we're so intentional to realize, no, relationships matter. I need them. And, and they have to have the right priority. And so very, very quickly, by the grace of God, uh, let me just give you three, three thoughts on relationships. And uh, I'll just pray the Holy Spirit, he, 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 he ministers them to you wherever you need to hear them today. And so may, maybe you got some things going on in relationships and other areas, or maybe really what the Lord's speaking to you has to do with just you being part of this local body. But I'm gonna give you just three thoughts on relationships. And uh, by the grace of God, uh, we'll, we'll all leave just full and having heard from God. So number one, you can write this down, simply this, that relationships are God's idea. And we really need them. Relationships really are God's idea, and we really need them. The Bible says this in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 2, I believe it's verse 17. It says this, and the Lord, sorry, verse 18, and the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. And all the men said, Amen to that. 
it is not good that man should be alone. So I will make him a helper comparable to him. I pulled this excerpt out of the Spirit-Filled Life Bible. It's a study Bible that I really appreciate. Uh, And in the margins, it just said this. uh, A helper, it indicates that Adam's strength for all he was called to be and all he was called to do, it was inadequate in itself. Comparable to him, that word denotes complementary. It it denotes and, and shows us the need Uh, The needed help was for daily work, procreation, mutual support through companionship, and it is not limited to marriage relationship only. Yes, God provided Adam a wife, but what we see in Genesis 2.18 is that God goes, it's not good for you to be alone. It is not good for you to live in isolation. It is not good for you to live outside of the relationships that God has ordained. Relationships are God's idea, and we need relationships. And we, we, have, we got to be so careful that we just let this sing into our heart because if we're not careful, uh, because relationships are complex. Can I get an amen? You ever been in a relationship and every time you think they're going to zag, they zig? And every time you think they're going to zig, they zag, and you, you feel like you're, you're, you're playing like mind games trying to figure out the right thing to say and do. And relationships can just be complicated. Relationships can be full of hurt and pain, can they not? So many people care, and I'm not marginalizing that, so many people, they carry such significant hurt and wounds and insecurities and feelings of inadequacy because the pain that relationships have caused. So many people go, I don't, I don't really do the whole relationship thing, and a lot of it has to do because of the insecurity in their own heart. I just feel insecure and inadequate about who I am and, 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 and what, uh, what I'm not. And so I, I just don't know if I can. And we just got to get it in our spirit. No, wherever I might be today, relationships are not just a desire I have. They're hardwired in me. I need them. And I, I need every relationship that God has ordained for my life. It's God's idea. And I need those relationships. See, we, we got to be careful because one of our inclinations, Proverbs 18.1 says this, uh, that a man who isolates himself, Proverbs 18.1, he seeks his own desire and he rages against all wise judgment. There's something in us because we want what we want. Something in us because we often agree with ourselves more than anybody else. Something in us that pulls back, that isolates this. And the Bible goes, the one who isolates himself, he, he seeks his own desire. But listen to this. He rages against all wise judgment. Now, number one, just to, just to get in our heart today, relationships are God's idea and we need relationships. Number two, you can write this down. It's this, that relationships, they require work and humility. Have you ever found yourself really wanting the results of something, but not wanting to do what it takes? Like, I would love to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I would. Like, I would love to be an elite athlete. But my friends, I love ice cream. I love chips and guacamole. I love Chipotle. Uh, I, I love sometimes watching sports, not playing sports. I mean, like, I, I want the result, but, but, but do I want to do? I, I think what, what happens for so many of us is because maybe uh, we, we think back to elementary school. We think back to different seasons of our life where relationships just felt like they just kind of happen. that we forget that relationships really do require work. They, they really do require intentionality. The, the scripture says this, Galatians 6, 7, Paul writes, he says, uh, do not be deceived, God is not mocked for whatever. 
I want to highlight that word whatever because that word whatever denotes Paul is speaking to something that, that is, is an all-inclusive principle in God's kingdom and in the world we live in. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Paul continues this thought in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and he says, but I say this to you, that he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Uh, I think to Genesis 8, 22, where the Bible says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, this principle of sowing and reaping, what I sow God ensures that I reap. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, just like cold and heat, winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. I love this scripture in Proverbs 18:24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. The person who has friends, they have to be friendly. I, I can't say I know so many people, but I do know people that consistently uh, just complain in proximity to, to my hearing. Um, it's like, man, I just, I don't know anybody. I don't have any friends. I just feel so disconnected. Meanwhile, they're sitting alone by themselves with their arms crossed like, no one likes me. Yeah, no one at church even wants to, to be my, it's like, well, I don't know, man, you come, 10 minutes late and you leave 15 minutes early. I don't like, have you said hi to anybody lately? And, and I'm, I'm being lighthearted and I'm being playful, but the reality is the Bible goes, Hey, he who desires friends, like I, I, they have to be friendly. I love this scripture in Proverbs eleven twenty four. There's one who scatters yet. He increases more. There's one who withholds more than is right, but it only leads to poverty. I love this. The generous soul, the generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. I love that. The generous soul will be made rich and the person who waters will himself be, be watered. What, what am I getting at? That relationship of any kind requires that we sow, requires that we invest. Sow and invest what? Time, encouragement, compliments, prayer, being a, a good, I mean, like relationships, they just require investment. I'll, I'll never forget, I told this story and, and I'll try to make it quick because I just looked up at the time. But uh, a friend of mine who's now one, one, of, uh, one of my best friends, uh, when I first met him, I met him at a conference that we were both at and it was kind of a you know, mutual connection. <clears throat> and he called me and he said, hey, I got a question for you. Uh, do you want to enter into a season of courtship? I said, no, I'm, I'm married. Um, and um, that's the weirdest question anyone's ever asked me ever. And uh, we laughed at his awkwardness. He's like, nah, okay, this is what I mean. I just, I, I just kind of have like this sense that maybe God, uh, maybe this is a God-ordained relationship. I just kind of have a sense that may, maybe it, it's a relationship where there's like, there, there's something mutual that God's brought us together to be able to strengthen one another. He said, I don't know that though. Uh, what, would you consider, what if we just put on the calendar? For the next X amount of time, once a week, getting on the phone for 30 minutes. They lived out of state, which is for 30 minutes. And, 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 and what if we just started spending time connecting and talking? And you know what? If this is a God-ordained relationship, awesome. If not, cool. Like, no worries. And while it was the weirdest question anybody had ever asked me ever, something in me went, no, I, I, I think you're right. 
Because I kind of have a sense too that this is a God-ordained relationship, that, that there's mutual strength that, that we both need from one another uh, just because of what we're called to in our season of life and ministry. And I, I, I think it's God-ordained. And, and I'll tell you, just over the course of taking 30 minutes once a week and talking, something begin to grow relationship begin to, to develop. And, and we just got to realize relationships, it just takes time. It takes work. It takes investment. But, but also, relationship takes humility. Uh, for, for time's sake, we won't read them, but you can uh, jot in your notes. Philippians chapter 2, I believe it's verses 13 through 17. Let me open my notes. Philippians chapter 2, uh, you can write down John chapter 13 uh, and also... Uh, you can write down First uh, Peter five five Philippians two I'm sorry three through eight Philippians two three through eight John thirteen twelve through fifteen and First Peter five five they all speak to this reality that in relationship we're supposed to come to one another not to be served but to serve that in relationship we're supposed to come to one another not to get but to give that we're supposed to come to one another, Philippians would say it this way, thinking of one another better than ourselves, putting the needs of one another above our own, following the example that Jesus gave us, who willingly became human, laid his life down as a sacrifice, and served. Jesus, John 13, gets down and he washes his disciples' feet and says, do as I have done unto you. The model we have for healthy relationship is not two people standing face to face, seeing how much they can get out of the other one. That's a recipe for disaster. God giving healthy relationship is relationship that is postured and positioned to say, how can I serve? How can I bless? How can I give? Well, yeah, but, but what about this guy? What about me? If I'm always like being a blessing, like who's going to bless this guy? Well, it's what Proverbs says that he who waters will himself be watered. He, he who waters will himself be watered. And can I just say this? Um, we, we have to be comfortable with trusting God. Again, we're talking about godly relationship, relationship. We, we got to be comfortable trusting God. And here's why. Because Jesus said something to his disciples that I think is so applicable. He said, you know, you're going to reap from where you have not sown. Think about this. He didn't say you're going to reap having not sown. No, he said you're going to reap from where you have not sown. Did you know that it is possible and it has actually been my experience predominantly that so often where I sow relationally is not the place I, I reap from? Jenny alluded to it, uh, but we did get married when we were like 14, it felt like. We were so young, 19 and 20. <clears throat> and being 19 and 20, all of our friends were still busy being 19 and 20. And we found ourselves in an early season of marriage going, man, we're so lonely. We don't have any friends. We, like, we, we don't know anybody who's in our age and state. We just, like, we felt, we felt very lonely. We're thankful for each other, but we just felt alone. And I remember we started praying, God, we need friends. God, God we don't just need people that we can hang out with. We need like covenant relationships. God, we need people that, that through thick and thin, there, there's, there, there's relationship that, 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 that is, for lack of better words, that, that's godly, that's life-giving, that we sit down and we talk and we spend time together, and it's not just a social interaction, but it fills us up on the inside. God, we need friends. And, and can, can I tell you what we realize is that 
as we just begin to sow and invest and love, encourage whoever was in front of us, that what felt like out of nowhere, God starts sending us people. So many of the life-giving relationships that we're so thankful for are relationships we feel like we didn't, we actually didn't sow into that relationship. We were just sowing over here. God, God, whoever's in front of me, God, God, wherever my feet are planted right now, I'm going to love people, encourage people. I'm going to sow. I'm going to invest. I'm going to be present. I'm going to try to do my best to be a good friend. And God, we're praying you would send us in time and season the right people in the right place. And I'm just telling you, sometimes we sow and and it's not where we reap. And I'm only saying that because one of the frustrations that I think so many people face is going, yeah, but like I'm trying to be a good friend. This person's the worst. I'm trying. And all they do is take, take, take. And, And it's the principle that goes, no, we gotta remember, Paul said, do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Think, think about King David and Jonathan. I grew up with a grandma who uh, was a prayer warrior and always saying things that were definitely above my head. And she'd always say, Brandon, I'm praying for you to have a Jonathan friend. I, I, I didn't know the story of David and Jonathan. So for a lot of my life, I'm like, thanks, grandma. Why does she want me to have a friend named Jonathan? And, and as God is my witness, I'd meet people named Jonathan. and I'd be like, are you the one? Would you like to enter into a process of courtship? Are you? But, but what she meant was the, the relationship Jonathan had with David in the Bible, that Jonathan, he was in covenant with David. Jonathan, he, he gave of his own position in, in the family line, so to speak, to push David forward. Jonathan got behind David and said, no, man, I see the calling of God on your life and I'm doing everything I can to get behind you and push you in to the destiny God has for your life. We, we all need Jonathan friends. I never forget hearing someone preach one time and they said, you do know, um, and it, it spoke to me because of what my grandma used to always say. They said, you, you do know that everybody wants a Jonathan friend, but nobody wants to be a Jonathan friend. And if you look at the life of David, before he had a Jonathan, David kind of was a Jonathan to his father, to his brothers, to a mad king named Saul who was, who was seeking his harm. And I just think we got to get comfortable saying, no, the Bible says, whatever I sow, I will reap. And so God, I'm asking, I'm praying, I'm believing. I need in these last days, the right people at the right time, in the right season. God, I can't give up on relationship because I need relationship. I need my church family. I need this body. I need this community, God. Relationships are your idea and I need them. And if I'm gonna have them, I gotta be be good at sowing, investing, contributing, and humbly serving, trusting God. As I do, you will ensure that I will reap everything that I need in in season. Lastly, I'll just say this and we'll close right here. Um, But God can restore and and, and redeem relationships. I just want to encourage you today, wherever that lands, that God, he can restore and he can redeem relationships. Again, relationships can be incredibly difficult, painful. Um, 
And, and I do want to say we have to be led by the Holy Spirit because there are times that we have to uh, cre- create boundaries and draw lines and, and remove ourselves from relationships because they are hurtful, toxic, or harmful for our health. But, but I'm talking about areas where it's just, there's just stuff there. Things were said, words were exchanged, things that maybe even weren't said, but it's the way you perceived it. Or, there's just, there, there's stuff there. Maybe even relationships, you, you in, in humility, you go, all right, man, honestly, it was me. I said the dumbest thing. Uh, I'm so thankful for, for my wife. I, I was encouraging some, some people doing some premarital counseling and I was trying to like, like relate with their story. And so I told them something that I recently said and, and the guy leans over, he goes, whoa, dude, that's jacked up, man. You need help. I'm like, thanks. Jenny would agree. But it, it's like, I ah, just something man, I, I said or did. And can I just say that God is a God of redemption. He's God of restoration. And again, we're not talking about relationships that are harmful or abusive or manipulative. We're not talking about that. But, but relationships that maybe God has ordained, but because we have an enemy who's a thief who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Because we have an enemy who's looking for every opportunity where there's vulnerability to devour. We, we've allowed, or the enemy has come in and just caused hurt and pain and I was in Psalm 130 verse seven. Oh, Israel, hope in the Lord for with the Lord, there is mercy and with him, there is abundant redemption. Can I also just say this? And then I promise you we're, we're done. Um, but God can even redeem and restore your perspective on relationships. Cause sometimes that's what it is, isn't it? Sometimes it's just that we've been so beat up and we've been so hurt. We've been so frustrated by people that now just people in general, we're like, I'm over it. Man, church, yeah, right. Uh, Getting in a small group, uh, never, ever again. And and if we're not careful, we, we can just build up these perspectives on people. Well, you know, people for sure. And you're one of them. And, and all of a sudden, we, we just have these things built up that we just, we think about people, we think about, can I tell you, God can redeem and restore that stuff. God can redeem and restore that stuff because I'm telling you, part of what we need, part of what we need in these last days is we need one another. You, you need Jonathan in your life. You do. You'll never be able to reach the fullness of what God has for you all by yourself. You need Jonathan, friends. You need people that are going to come behind you and push you in to the purpose and plan that God has for you. And can I say, there are people who need you to be a Jonathan friend. They need your strength and your encouragement and your relationship to push them and propel them. We need one another for safety and security. We need a place in this world that is getting darker and more. We need a place that we can come where there is refuge and safety and security, where there is mutual faith to build one another up. We need each other. I would say the last thing I'm going to say, but that would be a lie like three times in a row. But this will be the last thing I promise. I, I think not just about us today, but I think about the thousands of people who are outside of these walls. 
I think about the thousands of people who are outside of these walls who, who not only need Jesus. Yes, they need Jesus. Absolutely. But they don't just need Jesus. They, they need us. They don't just need Jesus. Jesus saved. Absolutely. But, but, but God puts people, he plants people, he places people in local church communities where they can find shelter, where they can find healing, where they can find people that will come alongside them and encourage them and love them and help them. We live in a world where people desperately need Jesus. Yes, but they need us too. You ever consider the story of the Good Samaritan that, that, that maybe we're not the Good Samaritan? That maybe Jesus is the Good Samaritan who comes alongside and who picks people up and helps them to find healing. But, but remember, what does he do? He, he brings that man to an inn, to a home. Could, could that be the church? Could that be us? He brings people to, 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 a, to a community and says, hey, you take care of them until I come back home. You take care of them until I come and I return again. And everything you spend caring and loving and helping, I will repay you. But you take care of these, this person. You take care of these people that I'm sending. We need one another. And I, I just think it just of the Lord that in this day, in this season, everything that's happening in our world, we need to be reminded again how desperate we are. Yes, for God, absolutely, but for one another. We had this tagline on, on this, the, the series, and I don't know why we took it off, um, <clears throat> but it was life doesn't have to be scary with God and in community. And I just think we probably should have left that tagline on the series because it's the truth, isn't it? You know, life is scary, but it doesn't have to be scary with God and in community because we need one another. Can I pray for you today? Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that wherever your word is ministering to people's hearts, whatever place in their heart, in their life, that this word is ministering to, that this word is speaking to, we ask in the name of Jesus that in that place it would find good soil, deep soil, and it would begin to take root and, and cause change and transformation, revelation. Father, I pray that you would give us a fresh perspective that we really do need one another. I pray, God, that you would help us to see whatever next step you're asking us to take to sow and invest and serve one another. And I pray that you would supernaturally redeem and restore every relationship that is broken but also our perspective on relationships, that in these last days with God and in community, though we live in a world that is scary, life would not be scary because of what you've provided and invited us into. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.